Sarah, welcome to Outside the Box. Thank you for having me. I was checking out your bio, mm -hmm. and for those who don't know what you do, because I was reading about sound baths and, and sound therapy, tell me about tell me a little bit about what that is. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I I like to start off with my textbook definition, but then go in. Okay. A, a little bit further, but a, a sound bath is um, a, an immersive, full body listening experience where you're using sound in an intentional way to invite therapeutic and restorative processes to the mind and body. So that's that's it in a nutshell. But essentially, it's a it's a way for people to access calm and rest. Uh, introspection and self-inquiry through a practice of listening. Got it. You know what I just realized? I introduced you to the wrong show. <laughs> oh, um, the, show you, yeah, the show you're going to go on is Get the Funk Out. That's how fried my brain is. Outside the box is for people looking for work. So. You're doing too much, Jean. Exactly. Yes. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Can we start over? <laughs> yeah. Hi, you are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM. It's my pleasure to welcome this week's show, Sarah Oster. Hi. Hi. So I wanted to get a little sense of your background for people who don't know what a sound bath is. Could you just explain a little bit about that? Yes, of course. Um, it's my definition of a sound bath. A sound bath is an immersive, full-body listening experience where sound is used intentionally to invite therapeutic and restorative processes to the mind and body. But essentially, it's a practice of listening to particular sounds in order to access rest, relaxation, calm, self-inquiry, introspection, um, all the things that you might gain from a meditation practice. But I often say if meditation is taking the stairs, then a sound bath is taking the elevator. Ooh, I like that. You know, I, I was so intrigued with you and in reading a little bit about you and what you do, because right now, you know, we're in quarantine and there's a lot of stress and anxiety. And I feel like what you do is so needed to just slow things down and focus on who we are, kind of peel away the layers, calm ourselves. Now, my show, Get the Funk Out, came about through loss. I had lost a friend of mine. And you experienced something I was reading, and you, you can go into any level of detail you want, but you created Sound Bath out of an injury. Is that correct? Um, yeah, the particular... Uh type of experience that I facilitate has been really something that's evolved over over time that began even even before um, I experienced a traumatic injury uh, but through a process of healing from a broken back I um, I broke my back in four mm. places um, temporary paralysis etc um, but also suffering from chronic pain, even, even after regaining mobility. And so that really sent me on a journey to, to get out of pain, out of physical pain, mm -hmm. through the process of 
exploring how to get out of physical pain, I discovered that I had all of this emotional trauma from what happened in, in the accident, which was the floor had collapsed underneath me in my studio space and I, I fell 15 feet. Um, You're lucky to be alive. Yeah, I'm lucky to be alive. And many doctors said that to me while I was on a bunch of morphine in the hospital, uh, not realizing it in the moment. But of course, you know, that moment is what uh, steered me onto this path. And so, of course, I'm, I'm grateful that it happened. I, I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. On a smaller scale, I had to have back surgery years ago because I was obsessed with running and I wasn't listening to my body. And I had baggage from physical insecurities about how I looked. So I kept running and running and running through pain. And I feel like my injury taught me a lot. And there was a lot of physical healing, but definitely emotional. Mm. And that happens. It does. I think the, the body has a way of communicating and really letting you know what it needs. And if you're not listening, and you just keep ignoring the signs and the signals and you keep running and you keep, you know, then yeah. it, it gets louder and louder until you pay attention. Right. How do you recover from a broken back? <sighs> Where do we begin? <laughs> um, I went, first of all, I was in a, in a brace from my neck to my hips mm. um, for about six months. So I had a lot of physical therapy, I luckily after searching found a chiropractor who had a very inclusive center with acupuncture and massage therapy and everything kind of in one location. She put me on a cleanse and right. this was in, this was in 2002, which at that time, these things weren't really popular. <laughs> Yeah. You're like, what's a cleanse? You know, the buzzword, the, the wellness <laughs> yeah. industry wasn't yeah. explosive. It was still. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, right. What's a cleanse? Exactly. So she had a way of, of, of teaching me how to look holistically at, at my body and my health. And yeah, she really, she, she set me up for a deeper exploration because then I really was interested in discovering how I could help myself versus going to somebody who is going to, you know, do something to me, put something on me, you know, yeah. uh, manipulate my body with their hands. Yes. And that's how I started in a practice of yoga and meditation. It's really what you have to say is so insightful because some people, they don't realize the power of the mind, the power of emotion, the power of smell. I mean, all these, these things you can smell, something and it reminds you of being three years old being with your grandmother and how safe you felt or something but that ability to tap into what's going on inside and use that as a healing power is incredible and it certainly doesn't happen overnight no <laughs> not at I mean, all you know we all we all know when we go through something traumatic a, a, a loss of a of a loved one or you know, an injury, it is such um, a roller coaster of, uh, of a process. And the process of healing in general is, is really never ending. I mean, it, it requires us to keep showing up and keep asking questions and, and to keep listening as well. Mm -hmm. So tell me about your book. Congratulations, by the way, you have a new book. 
Thank you. Yes. Um, my book, Sound Bath, Meditate, Heal, and Connect Through Listening, uh, it came out in November with Simon & Schuster. And it's it's really like, um, it's a beginner's guide to sound baths as, as sound baths are gaining popularity and meditation continues to gain popularity. I, I really wanted to offer an introduction, an introduction to the practice and to the principles of how sounds can be used therapeutically and how the practice of listening can be used therapeutically. And so in the book, I share my personal story stories about um, loss and recovery, et cetera. And I also share at the end of each chapter, step-by-step practices that are quite simple and accessible that you can do on your own at home. How did you come up with- right now, right? (laughs) I know. (laughs) How did you come up with the practices that worked for you and you felt would work for others? You know, I always think of myself as a, a guinea pig over the last decade or, or so, you know, I'll, I'll always be willing to try something out on myself, uh, explore with my own body and mind and, and practices. And I, I've studied with several different teachers um, from different lineages in meditation and yoga and sound therapy. So I am, you know, as we all are, just a combination of all of our teachers kind of gleaning and, and pulling, you know, what works and what benefits and then creating our own sort of uh, toolkit uh, for, for what's good for us. Right. I've um, realized over the years, because I've experienced the loss of my dad and then my friend in 2010, um, that when I'm dealing with something, especially grief, when uh, injury, I'm listening to music without lyrics like I was listening to Anushka Shankar for a long time and just kind of going inside myself and then doing a lot of writing and finding my flow by listening to music. It kind of helped me tap into my strengths and how I was feeling and process things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, music can uh, act as an escape, but it can also act as an entry point away away in because when you take the focus off of um yourself and i need to fix this or i need to be creative and i need to write and you just let yourself yes be open be which music helps to facilitate and then also particularly the the atonal uh types of sounds that are used in, in a sound bath are quite spacious really allows you the space to just be and and let things reveal themselves um tell me a little bit about um some of the people you've studied with (laughs) that have really influenced you um sorry for the background that's okay quarantine with our (laughs) um laughter is good yeah laughter is good (laughs) um my husband is listening um to a podcast with headphones on, and I guess there was something funny that happened. <laughs> Listen, I've had cats walk in front of the camera. I've had dogs, kids. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so some people you studied with that have really impacted you, influenced you. 
Well, whenever I have the opportunity to answer that question, I always say that my, my parents are the biggest influence on me because I was raised in a house that was full of, of music and, and, and song. Uh, my, my, my parents both always sang all around the house, not professional singers uh, by any means, gorgeous voices. But always, always tapping into music and connecting to music and, you know, encouraging us, myself and my sisters to explore um, that, that relationship. So they have always been a real inspiration to me in, in that regard. Are you musical as well? I mean, do you play an instrument? Yeah. yeah. I have a background as a, an artist and a musician. What do you play? I play a lot of different instruments. Now I play mostly singing bowls and, okay. and tuning forks, but piano, bass, guitar. Um, yeah. Very cool. I had a feeling because <laughs> it, it kind of builds, you know, and, and you seem like you're very open to different musical instruments and expressing yourself musically. Yeah, and I, I think that I, I I believe it's the case with every human person that uh, we're all we're all just building on our our previous life mm-hmm. experience. That this question of you know when did you start doing this? When did you start being a radio host? You know, well, I'm sure you had a strong connection to your voice, you, your whole life, or you were a performer, or you know that there was like some element or thread for you. Right your whole life and it's easy it's easier to see when you look back and you say oh right so right. I've been doing this my right I've been doing this my whole life I'm I'm Janine I'm connected to my voice and I am a radio host and I'm I share my my voice in many different ways you, you see what I mean? oh I do you know I was gonna say when I was little living in Manhattan the radio was like my best friend mm-hmm. I'd be home alone listening to the DJs on the station WPLJ and I just connected with them and I'd want to call in and, and I love the power of the voice. I love that connection. Mm. Yeah. So uh, tell me what you're doing right now to take care of yourself in quarantine. Cause I know it's been very challenging, but having this skill set and mindset must be very powerful. Um, I'm sticking with my regular, uh, routine of self-care uh, and meditation. Uh, if I'm being honest, I'm, I'm slacking on the, the physical activity portion. It's hard. Uh, <laughs> it's hard. And I've been, you know, quite, quite busy, but still trying to set the boundaries that I've had for myself with work in the past such as, you know, just because we might all be sheltering in place or in our homes, doesn't mean that you can email me at 11 o'clock at night and expect an answer. These are my office hours. I don't work on the weekends. You know, like those types of boundaries Boundaries. to really protect, especially when you're a person, you know, like yourself too, who is is giving Mm -hmm. uh, at this time, it's important to uh, refill your your cup as as they say so my meditation practice has stayed steady um and those those types of self-care that's really good it sounds like you're so mindful of what's going on to protect yourself you know your mental and physical health emotional health i and i think that's always been the case when you're working as a person who's uh holding a space for other people to heal 
um, you want to be careful not to take on any of their stuff mm -hmm. um, as, oh, yeah. as your own. And so whether I'm facilitating a, a, a group or an experience in person, or I'm recording um, sound, you know, it's, I'm, I'm always careful to, to set those boundaries. And I really think for me, that's also strengthened through a practice of, of inner listening, really, really mm -hmm. tuning my listening. So I know, you know what, this is actually, it's not good for me. I don't want to do this. I can say no to things. Sure. Right. I could imagine that when you work with people, all of a sudden it's like this avalanche of emotion that pours out of them. And it might be a lot for you because people keep a lot of stuff trapped inside of them. And what you do really opens up a lot of past things that have happened to them. I think a lot of people are surprised to experience a release in a sound bath, whether it's the, it's a physical sensation or, um, an emotional outpouring, laughing or crying, and they don't understand exactly why uh, that's happening, or they don't really, they, they might not be able to draw the connection in, in the moment. But, but like you said, you know, we're, um, sometimes we just are so focused on getting from point A to point B and checking things off of our task mm -hmm. list. I, th I think what's especially significant about this time is that there is um, this, this kind of spaciousness is almost forced on us. Right. So many people might be trying to fill it up. Mm -hmm. um, and then some people are, are taking the opportunity to explore and let some things release. I think that's excellent advice. I mean, I'm, I know in the talks I've given about self-care and resilience, I always say to people, you don't have to go, go, go and do everything. And it's really a time for reflection and kind of peel away your layers and see who you are, what you want, and tap into taking really good care of yourself because this is challenging. Yeah. Who said um, we're human beings, not human doings? I like that. I heard it a long time ago. I like I that. I can't attribute the quote. But Boom. I like that. We just need really to be sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I know sometimes I find that I'm doing too much and I just go outside and I sit in a chair in the sun and I'll stare at the birds, you know, and just breathe, close my eyes because it's, you know, being at home, there's no commute or anything. There's, and it's, it can be a lot. And I do have to say no to things sometimes it becomes too much. Yeah. Right. Just because you have a, an hour window doesn't mean that you have to fill it. And I hope that we take that awareness with us as we things start to reopen when they do. I hope so. So where can people find out more about you? Ooh. Best place is sarahoster.com. And if you search my name, I'm pretty easy to find on social media at Sarah Oster, no fancy nicknames okay. uh, on Instagram and Facebook, Twitter. I also, uh, I just recently released a series of recordings for sleep with audible great so that's another place to find some recordings that you can access um, does that tie into your book or is that just a separate thing um it's well, i guess it all ties into my book but it is it, it's a it's a separate um it's a separate project great yeah well thank you so much this has been fantastic
Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was really lovely to see you.